0: In a non-creepy way, I know where a lot of you are located. Uh, Demographic stats are fun like that, I guess. But it turns out the majority of you are located in Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio. But even if you're not in those states, you might be interested in hearing about Railbird Music Festival at Keeneland in Lexington, Kentucky on August 10th and 11th. In addition to musical acts like Brandy Carlisle, Old Crow Medicine Show, Gary Clark Jr., Tyler Childers, and more, Railbird will also feature a very special beer brewed and canned by its sponsor, West Six Brewing called Front Runner Festival Ale. That will, with some exception, be only uh, available those two days at Railbird. Front Runner Festival Ale is a light and crisp, sessionable ale, slightly hopped to provide balance and a little punch of flavor. It's the perfect pairing for listening to your favorite bands in the Kentucky summer sun that's just clocking in at a little under 5% ABV. Uh, I'm also hearing that West Six will probably also have a few other surprise beers for us to enjoy. Uh, You can find more information about Railbird Music Festival at www.railbirdfest.com. I hope to see you there with a beer in hand. Hey, beer nerds. Who needs intro music when we can just get straight into the interview? Episode 49 features a growing trend in the industry, non-alcoholic craft beer, which does actually exist if you didn't know uh athletic brewing company out of connecticut has seen success in filling a need uh that craft beer drinkers have been looking for um sessionable and flavorful non-alcoholic beer let's get to the interview happy to be joined now by bill schufelt from athletic brewing company located in stratford connecticut uh athletic brewing company was founded in 2018 that's uh may of 2018 i believe and uh Bill, this is a, a unique conversation because you are the, the first uh, brewery owner uh, of, of, your, of your kind that I've been able to speak to. And, and the thing that's unique about your operation is that it's, it's purely non-alcoholic.
1: Oh, thank you very much, uh, Michael. Really appreciate you having me on the show.
0: How did you get into this world and to this sector specifically?
1: it kind of fell naturally into my lifestyle. Um, athletic really grew authentically out of a pain point in my life. Um, I, for very adult reasons, uh, I was turning 30, uh, I was starting to drink a lot less, um, for personal, professional fitness, diet, all sorts of reasons. Um, and really craft beer, Um, I've always loved craft beer. I went to college in Vermont. I lived in New York city for 10 years um, where you could get great beer from all over the country. Um, And it was really a pain point as I slowed down my drinking, especially during the week living in New York, there were no like even living in New York, there were no good really moderate or non-alcoholic options that came close to craft beer. And it was such a pain point in my life to be going out to work dinners hanging out at friends with bars, going to nice dinners, or just relaxing on the couch. Um, and there was really no options between water, soda, and coffee. Um, and none of those pair well with meals. And so it's something I started to tinker on and really think about. And the more and more people I started to ask about it, it seemed like a lot of adults would be really like a lot of just like totally normal adults. Also those in recovery for sure. Um, Mm seemed really into the idea and we're like yeah i mean if only there was a decent tasting in non-alcoholic beer i would definitely drink them from time to time um and kind of built up enough evidence where i made the crazy decision to quit my day job so it was but it was what
0: when was that day job in beverage
1: previously I, it wasn't no i i never ever would have thought that i would own a business be in food and beverage whatsoever um my prior 12 years had been in the hedge fund world and finance um so yeah it was uh really i i'd kind of been drifting aimlessly in the financial world i had a great job it was super stable but it wasn't fulfilling whatsoever and then this clicked as like my true passion and the second i got the idea i couldn't shake it
0: cool so who, who's who's on your team who did you uh, assemble together to create this this operation
1: yeah and really it, we would have no team and no business without our co-founder and head brewer John Walker. Um, we, um, after I quit my day job thinking I knew a lot more about the beer industry than I did, um, proceeded to get rejected by pretty much every contract brewer and every brewer out there. I talked to 200 brewers to try to team up and build this and everyone said, no, wasn't interested very nicely encouraged me not to go into non-alcoholic beer um which i totally respect it was definitely crazy um <laughs> and john was really the only person that really engaged and was interested and he called called me back three days later and said he'd been thinking about it all weekend the positive impact we could have the technology or the innovative challenges and process challenges like really got him fired up and uh so me and John really built the business together. He moved across the country from, he was at second street brewing in Santa Fe, um, where he'd won a couple of great American beer festival medals, um, and was just super talented. And among the, probably the most high, most highly qualified person I talked to in the whole process, despite getting rejected by the 200 people or so. Um, So yeah, it was me and John homebrewing in a warehouse, uh, trying to come up with our process, fine tune our recipes, designing and building the brewery. Um, and it all kind of just got momentum from there. Um, we've had really key players join our team since then. Um, we have an amazing assistant brewer, Andrew, who was a graduate of Notre Dame, um, we have a uh, head of our lab program, Russ, who came from a much larger brewery, but is a trained microbiologist. And then uh, another teammate, Derek, innovated the whole e-commerce side of our business. So, kind of what we've built around so far.
0: So, let's talk about the, the brewing process a little bit. There is it is it that much different than what any other brewery is doing? I mean, how does how does that process look?
1: Um, so in a lot of the ways, a lot of ways it's very similar, and a lot of ways it's very different. Also, um, practically, it's you can do it on essentially the same equipment. It's just a lot of different. It's not a single. So our process, I think, is a bit unique in that we're not brewing full strength beer and de-alcoholizing with some industrial piece of equipment. We are brewing super sessionable beers to under zero point five, and because of that, it requires a lot of care um and a lot more changes than just a single dealkalization step um we brew with an all natural process just making 12 or 15 changes along the brewing process to essentially ferment our brew fully fermented beer to under 0.5 percent um and along but in the process um many ways it seems and feels very similar to the traditional brewing process which that was kind of the baseline we started with that if you have to brew and then dealkalize a beer um, we thought that that is essentially making like a not complete beer and that um, Mm -hmm. it strips away essential esters and compounds of fermentation um, and isn't the truly intended final form Um, so we went back to the baseline where we really wanted to build from the ground up, not use one of those aggressive technologies and, uh, build on really high quality ingredient selection. We use all organic grains and like really clean ingredient labels. So, um, that's kind of how we arrive at our process. And it is very similar in a lot of ways, um, and has traditional beer ingredients, but there are also a lot of differences. Um, like we, as capacity and stuff has grown, we've been trying to find places where we could effectively brew our beer. And there's a lot of hurdles to just adding, say, a non-alcoholic skew to a traditional brewing lineup. Um, and a lot of those tend to deal more on like the food safety and regulatory side. Um, without the stability of alcohol in the beverage, non-alcoholic beer is really a very unstable and potentially dangerous beverage, um, especially with the sensitive populations you're dealing with um, being pregnant women, recovering alcoholics um, and just like people who drink non-alcoholic beer for medical reasons. Um, so you really have to have like a full food safety program, be FDA regulated um, by your state department of consumer protections. And it's like a true food product that uh, really Um, like definitely needs to be tunnel pasteurized where Hmm. even like flash pasteurization isn't enough to be effective in non-alcoholic beer.
0: So let's talk about the actual beers that you're making then what's, uh, what's available.
1: Um, So we have two flagship beers that we've kind of built around uh, our run wild IPA um, is a, uh, it's a super sessionable IPA meant to be really approachable on IBUs. It's in the 30 to 35 range Um, It's built on um, all organic grains, um, organic Vienna malts, the base malt, and a blend of five different Northwest hops, uh, citron mosaic at the forefront there. Um, It's 70 calories also, um, but really meant to be super refreshing and very approachable. Um, And then our other flagship, uh, our our Upside Dawn Golden Ale, is kind of our healthy beer it's uh it's super light refreshing crushable it's 50 calories made from all organic grains certified um it's crafted to remove gluten to under 10 parts per million um, and both really have a very clean ingredient profile just four ingredients um and then we do rotating seasonals uh right now we have a cerveza atletica which is our version of a mexican lager um it's a copper kiled copper colored summer ale um that is just like really fun and refreshing uh the perfect beach beer um but year-round in the seasonals uh we have a brown ale in the fall um a stout in the winter and then the summer ale in in the summer um and then uh we do limited releases of uh, different beers both in our tap room and online um,
0: yeah yeah I, I actually just recently saw an NPR story about a release that you all did that uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk about e-commerce here in a second because that's kind of interesting um, but uh, yeah a, a double hop IPA I believe was sold uh, online in like something like 30 seconds is that right
1: yeah it was um, pretty funny and uh, it's the community for non-alcoholic beer is definitely growing and is really vibrant out there. Um it's and it it's amazing to be able to for a long time we were just selling our pilot batches in our tap room. Um, but we just got so much feedback online and on social media that we're trying to walk the line and make them widely available nationwide. Um and so yeah, every time we list one of our limited releases it never seems to last much more than a minute online. Um, um
0: but yeah, let's let's talk about e-commerce then. I mean, what is how how does that uh, Obviously your business has probably seen some growth, significant growth from it actually. Um Is it would you say it's like more or less than traditional shelf sales or, you know, are you selling any kegs um just I guess percentage-wise?
1: Yeah, it's e-commerce is kind of like our like our tap room, almost in many ways, uh, we ship beer nationwide in six packs throughout the country. Um, but uh, yeah, e-commerce has really been incredible. It's been a great way to grow our community. We interact and hear feedback immediately from customers, um, and we really thought it was only going to be about ten percent of our business while we, when we launched. But it's really, um, in many ways, upwards of fifty percent certain months. Um, wow. So. Um, But we do really, our goal is to go super deep in our backyard and be in all our favorite local bars and restaurants and stores um, and make beer readily available. It's just great that we can have this channel of e-commerce where we can get beer nationwide out there to customers because it is a category of such limited availability out there.
0: So, I mean, I, I, I've seen non-alcoholic beers pop up, but I'm, I'm, I am struggling to think of one off the top of my head, at least, that has like a real tap room that customers can visit and, you know, at the bar and enjoy an, an N.A. beer. So what's, what's that atmosphere like for them, for visitors?
1: Yeah, it's um, I think we are probably the I think we're the only non-alcoholic tap room in the country. Um, there are pop up bars around the country doing great things with interesting non-alcoholic cocktails and beers and our beers are on tap, at a few of those as well. Um, but you yeah, have the taproom atmosphere is really fun. It's, it's a great way for the local beer community and beer tourism community, um, has some great spots locally, like two roads is a mile down the street. Um, and then it's a great spot for, just the craft beer world is generally so curious and has appreciation for high quality ingredients and unique beers. And so we get a lot of very normal craft beer visitors who are coming for those experiences. Um, and we do a lot of, uh, live music, food trucks. We do different workouts at the brewery and stuff like that. Um, so it's a lot of very normal, uh, visitors, but we also get people from pretty far away too, which is super exciting. Um, Like one day you'll be emailing with someone in Philadelphia and then you'll see them in person on Saturday at the tap room. Or (laughs) like we've had people drive from Tennessee, Michigan, Ohio, and all over the place uh, just to come here, which is an incredible honor um, that I don't know if we're fully deserving of yet, but we're super honored. Um, But it's really fun to be able to – there are a lot of people who either – have young kids running around and just want to let their kids run around and enjoy a few beers and not worry about driving home. Um, Or on the other end of the spectrum, there are people who who haven't had a beer in 20 years and are sober and are so excited to finally be able to go to a craft brewery and just partake. So it's uh, pretty fun.
0: What I want to see is... We're veering off course a little bit here, but what I, what I would like to see yeah. is like a coffee shop with a brewery atmosphere or like a tap room atmosphere where you can sit or stand at a bar and just hang out there next to the baristas. And I've always thought that if that atmosphere existed, I would be going to that coffee shop a lot, but it sounds like uh, to serve the same you know sober purpose, your tap room would, would, would exceed those expectations for me.
1: Yeah, it's something we're definitely trying to do. And um, we're really starting to plan some fun events for the taproom, too, to make it worth people's while to come visit. Um, Like this fall, we're doing the first non-alcoholic Oktoberfest with a 5K race that finishes at a big Oktoberfest festival with live music and stuff. Um, And different events like that where we do taproom trivia. Um, Usually... um, Which is preceded by a workout usually and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, like you said, I love all those. I love places that where coffee and kombucha and non-alcoholic drinks are served side by side. Um, And I really think there's going to be more and more offerings on tap at other craft brewers also. Um, Yeah, like our beers are served in cans and on tap at about like 25 breweries right now, Um, which I think it's great because it keeps their customers who aren't drinking there for longer to like um, keep the groups happy hanging out longer um, but also a lot of people mix our beers in as pacer beers as well
0: oh nice um yeah I I, uh, I work at a brewery and we have kombucha on tap and on the rare occasion that we don't have it it's it's noticeable um, interesting <laughs> when, when when the when a group of friends come in and like there's that one or one or two people in the group that just maybe isn't drinking that day or doesn't like beer at all or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard sometimes you have, you have to have those options. I think as a growing brewery, you have to start thinking about this other segment of the pop- population that you can serve. Yeah. Um, and is underserved.
1: Yeah. And kind of um, a, like you said, there, um, not drinking or like not drinking for around. We always kind of say um, like the word sobriety seems so outdated these days. Like people are sober for certain days of the week or, Yeah. Yeah. And like people are, can be sober for an hour a week, a day, anything. And it's like, I think it's like such an alienating word where our beer, I think about like 75, 80% of our customers are drinkers who mix our beers in at different times. Also very similar to kombucha. Like you said,
0: honestly, like when I am taking a day off from drinking uh, X amount of days per week, uh, my beverage of choice is, you know, especially when I'm on when I'm on that couch at night, just wanting to crack open a cold one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm grabbing like uh, like a, you know, LaCroix or some kind of like seltzer water, flavored seltzer water, just because it's it's something it's almost like a. It's, it's it's i guess it's a, it's a comfort thing or a, a tradition kind of thing um but speaking of like other breweries in two roads and so you're saying you you are in other people's tap rooms so it seems like you have a good relationship with these with these uh breweries C- can you join guilds like yep. can you join like the like i guess the connecticut brewer's guild yeah part of that
1: yeah we're members of the connecticut brewer's guild we've been ba members for i think almost five years now um we have very regular communication with the BA. Um, they've been a great support team um, and just a great network in general. Um, we're, um, but uh, yeah, it's the beer community is great. Um, I can't speak enough to the help and advice we've gotten from people as we grow. Um, there's some incredible mentors out there like Brad from Two Roads, um, Rob from Night Shift, who we partnered with night shift in massachusetts to distribute statewide um and then on the other end uh uh, eric ottaway from brooklyn's been really helpful as uh, just like a mentor and how he's leading craft into the next generation for sure
0: do you see breweries taking on their own na recipes and
1: kind of expanding into that
0: category um
1: we really hope people do um there's definitely like it's been in the news that some breweries are uh uh definitely expanding into non-alcoholic which we're really excited about um having people like brooklyn move into the category i think will do great things for knocking down the stigmas surrounding the word non-alcoholic and make it it's,
0: it's no longer just odouls yeah
1: and it'll make it essentially like just like the word sessionable hopefully hopefully and people can mix them in at any time um I think our one worry is that there are a lot of quality and food safety challenges around non-alcoholic. So I think the mindset is like people just need to figure out how to make it and then go where really food safety is like 60% of the challenge. Um, And like making the beer itself was relatively much easier.
0: You're doing something kind of different. and. Uh, even the the process the brewing process is different but was there any other brewery or you know an individual doing non-alcoholic beer out here in or you know in, in the country that inspired you along the way or kind of like gave you a blueprint
1: um i think why well, I, I couldn't go to brewing school or anything like that unfortunately because i had a full-time day job but i did sure download the full curriculum, buy every book the BA offered for sale, um, and read and digested everything I could. Um, and a lot of those brewing textbooks were really helpful in defining our process and what it would end up being. Um, in turn, I did tons of brewery tours, looked around, kind of saw what I liked, what I didn't asked a lot of questions about like, if you had to do this again, what would you do differently? Um, mm-hmm. and, the brewing community has such great podcasts too. And you hear people's lessons and just walking around CBC too, like a year and a half before we launched was super helpful. Also just looking at all the different equipment in person and talking to people. Um, But, and basically being told over and over again that we're crazy, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but uh, it really was teaming up with John too. Um, We, um, really, ha- it was great that we were working on this full time a year, a year plus ahead of our launch. And we had time to really homebrew and dial in our recipes and then thoughtfully build out the brewery and our setup, as well as really define our food safety plan and stuff like that.
0: Who is your consumer? Like who is drinking athletic brewing beers? Two things have
1: shocked us the most. Uh, I guess one thing that was most shocking before we launched, we were really worried about how hard are we going to have to sell this beer Um, and who's going to do that? And that kind of fell on my shoulders, like uh, selling the beer. Um, And actually the education hurdle for customers turned out to be way lower than we would have ever thought. Like this is definitely a conversation that has been happening in the U S there just wasn't products to meet it. And so like people have been waiting for say healthier beer for lack of a better word Um, or like, just any occasion beer. And you could probably argue um, that's, that's like,
0: why there's a, such a rise in like FMBs right now or, or like, you know, your, your hard seltzers because it's a, while it's not a non-alcoholic, it's less, you know, fewer calories. It's just easier to drink.
1: Yeah. And it's a, it's a super refreshing, like efficient delivery vehicle for alcohol. And we're kind of on the other spectrum of that where we're just, uh, really refreshing, super sessionable beer. Um, And I think, like, sure, both of those categories are growing very quickly. But, like, the existing craft beer base is an amazing group of occasions. um, And we're by no means, like, against alcohol or against beer or anything. Um, Like, the Friday, Saturday, Thursday occasions where, like, craft beer meets those occasions better than, like, when... Over the past few decades, craft beer has evolved to amazing things to meet those occasions in an incredible variety and quality. Um, We're just really trying to hit a lot of other occasions that aren't being met also. Um, But yeah, so the education hurdle was way lower. That shocked us. And then on the other hand, our customers are way younger than we ever would have expected. Um, We think our average customer is actually probably in their – like mid to low thirties where I would have thought they would, it would have been way older. We'd never would have sold any beer to people in their twenties. But millennials and Gen Z really get what we're doing. They contact us a lot. We see them in the tap room a lot Um, and they like to buy beer online because it's so easy. Um, And also with that um, we're really like, probably much more balanced in how we index between male and female customers um we sell a ton of beer at natural food grocery chains um and i think that's because uh they're it's like a healthy decision made by women for the head of household as um so it's a but we get our data from e-commerce and have great communication with all our women customers which i don't think craft as a whole indexes as well to or evenly between men and women in general um without like being too divisive sure. but uh um yeah so i i really think like our average customers somewhere in their 30s and pretty evenly split between men and women um a ton of young parents email us um and it's um really just like thank you emails like i don't have to be hung over chasing my kids around on a saturday morning anymore (laughs) or this is my new beach beer that i drink and i can drive my kids home without worrying about it or like i drink these on the golf course all day and i come home and i'm totally normal and can hang out with my family type emails that's great um talk about your two for the trails program yeah um so it's really a foundational program in our company um well, I left my financial career. I really wanted like in our company, we had core tenants and we wanted really good work life balance for our team and a high quality of internal life um, for our team. Um, we wanted to have a huge positive impact uh, with the moderation and health elements of our, the beers that we're selling. And then we wanted to be sustainable and give back to the environment. Um, so we donate 2% of all sales to Uh, trail and park cleanups and that's all over the place we take recommendations for our customers Um, we write a check pretty much every month and then our team goes and does a trail cleanup day also where we it's a paid day off where we volunteer and do a cool project Um, like a couple weeks ago we did we installed the uh, site rail on a trail in northern connecticut for the visually impaired so they could use the trail but all different projects kind of along those lines we do. But it's been really incredible as the business grows and our customers clearly connect with it, uh, make suggestions, which are really fun. And then it's kind of caught us off guard with the business growing uh, fairly quickly, how quickly we have to write checks, actually, (laughs) which is exactly what we were going for. Um, Like some of our early investors, like, dropped the numbers into excel and we're like bill are you sure like you mean two percent of all sales like this grows to pretty big numbers fairly quickly and i was like that's exactly the point we want um so it's been really fun and meaningful so far for us that's good
0: um bill i don't want to take up too much more of your time so is there are there any upcoming um releases or events you'd like people to know about
1: we are currently brewing our first bigger batch of our double hop ipa which is going to be called freeway double hop ipa but that'll be available nationwide starting in about a couple weeks hopefully um and then yeah we have a big Oktoberfest event coming up in the fall of which we'll be coming out with more details soon awesome cool bill
0: thank you so much i uh, i learned a lot this is uh, an area that i'm pretty ignorant in uh and i think actually probably a lot of people are so it was very nice to learn a little bit more about it Oh, thank you so much, Michael. Really appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely. Take care.